What would happen within the brain in the absence of stimulus? This question happened to be what started the research with float tank therapy by neuroscientist John C. Lilly in 1954. And as we continue to discover and research today, it turns out a lot of beneficial things occur. On this special episode, I have the owners of the Infinity Float Center here in Houston, Texas. Since playing college basketball, I really enjoy cutting edge technology and modalities that boost performance, recovery and relaxation. And one of that I found most beneficial for overall health has been float tank therapy. Now I practice meditation daily and have found floating to be an almost enhanced meditation because when the body is so relaxed, it pretty much forces the mind to relax with it. And in regular meditation, it takes a little bit of practice to get into that calmer state. As you'll hear in this episode, a float tank is commonly called a sensory deprivation tank set to close out as much sensory input as possible so you can relax to the fullest. In this episode, you'll hear a little bit about the history of floating, what it is, how it works, and what occurs in the body and the brain during a session. I hope you enjoy learning and giving, giving it a try as soon as possible. You can check out more on floating at, at their website, infinityfloat.com, and on social media under the name at the Infinity Float Center. Excuse me, there's no the, just at Infinity Float Center. And if you decide to go float, make sure to let them know you heard this episode with Solomon. Also, thank you very much for listening to season four of the Ebb and Flow podcast. I have an additional episode to share of an interview that I was on from my friend and recent guest, and will do my best to get it out soon. However, I will be traveling to the Holy Land of Israel for a summer adventure of studying, traveling, visiting friends and family, and decided to close out this past podcast season until further notice. If you haven't yet, please leave a review about the show and today's guest on Apple Podcasts and head over to SolomonEzra.com or follow me on Instagram at King underscore Solomon 8 and Facebook Solomon Ezra Berezin to learn more. Also subscribe to my YouTube channel Solomon Berezin to get updates on new videos and podcasts. Finally, if you're interested in starting one of my one-on-one coaching programs, head over to the coaching services pages on my website where you can also see some testimonials from previous clients. One is called Mindset Go, and that's geared towards athletes looking to get an edge on their performance of their mind, and the other is Cultivating Certainty, aimed to, indiv- to help individuals with uncertainties and anxieties transform their health. Now onto the show with Jennifer and Mark Gurley from the Infinity Float Center. I'm, I'm here today with Mark and Jennifer Gurley from the Infinity Float Center here in Clear Lake, Texas. How are you guys doing today? We're doing yeah. well, Solomon. Doing great. Awesome. Well, I've, as you mentioned before we got on the air, uh, Jennifer and I have been in contact quite a, a, a bit because I've just been coming in, uh, especially during the summer, nearly every other day to the float tank because float tank therapy has something uh, that has been just another tool that I absolutely love and appreciate its benefits in the, in the environment that it creates to 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 be quiet and just to listen to myself and allow the body to heal. But before we dive into that, you know, wide and awesome uh, conversation, I'd love to hear a little bit about your guy, you guys and how you got into um, float tank therapy and then wanting to start the whole float tank business. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, for us, it was a, a kind of a bit of a gradual intro and then critical mass. And it was, uh, it was, we, dove 
feet first in. Um, we, we were living overseas. We lived overseas for quite a while for my work. So we did a lot of traveling um, and had come back to the U.S. and we were looking for kind of our next venture. And uh, I was, um, I work in a pretty high stress environment um, in the oil and gas and, and power generation sector and was just really, really having some tough times. We were working a lot of hours and just really stressed out. It was starting to come home with me, um, affecting sleep, affecting mood, affecting health, you know, the, the whole nine yards. And uh, we were really just looking for an outlet. And I had heard of floating through probably various means, um, but never really checked into it. So finally decided to check into it. And this was around 2013. Yeah. 2014 yeah. somewhere in that area and uh, at that time there was no place in Houston no brick and mortar um, place that you could go and float um, few people were doing it out of their homes but uh, but no real business and so we drove to Austin actually and uh, just kind of made a weekend of it and ironically ended up floating at somebody's house <laughs> um, we thought it was a business but when we got there it was somebody's house um, and had a great time. It yeah. was it was a great experience. And so that kind of kicked us off. Um, we started digging a little more into where we could float and um, found a couple of places in Houston that, again, people were floating in their house. And we ended up buying a uh, Samadhi tank. Um, and Samadhi's were the original float tanks, the first commercial ones sold back in the 70s. And uh, put it actually here in the room that we're in at our house. Um, and just turned this into a little kind of spa room. And we started floating regularly and would float friends and anyone who wanted to come over. And pretty soon it was friends of friends of friends yeah. who showed up and wanted to come use the tank. And so we were seeing such good results from ourselves and everyone that, that we floated that we just decided, you know, this is something that people need, especially a city as big as Houston with the traffic and, the, you know, everyone jammed together. We, uh, we really need a little peace and quiet. And so that's when we really went from, it's kind of a cool thing and a cool experience to, hey, let's, let's figure out how to make this a business. And, and so that was um, in 2016, when we yeah. really started uh, seriously searching for a place. Time too, because that's yeah. when it started getting big. Exactly yeah. right. So by the time, from the time we decided we were gonna open a business, to the time that we opened the business and anyone who's an entrepreneur will will relate to this <laughs> from the, in that time period which is a lot longer than it should be i think three float centers opened in houston yeah. you know um so it was real interesting it was just yeah. kind of a, a a critical mass in the in the area you know that that um that really let go now fortunately they were all downtown um yeah. whereas we're still actually most of them are um, and we are far on the south side, so um, you know not a lot of competition. And of course, um, from a people perspective, there's not a lot of competition with floating anyway. There's there's right. plenty of people to go around and, and yeah. too few float tanks. You know, <laughs> so you want to balance the like. That's uh, right. But that's how we got started. It was really looking for medicine for ourselves, to yeah. be honest. And then um, what what drove us and what continues to drive us really is seeing the difference and the change in people coming out of a float tank versus going into a float tank. Yeah. It's, it's so different, you know, just a, a different energy. 
and we're trying to get that energy out in the wild, you know, because somebody leaves our center after having a bad day or a bad week, you know, they're a little bit rough around the edges. They come in, they float, makes them feel a little bit better. They're a little bit kinder, a little bit more mellow. That energy rubs off and bounces onto the next person they interact with out in the wild. And, and that's really what we're trying to do. Yeah. Had you guys gone, gotten into any other type of um, meditation of sorts or healing um, tools before like float tank? Cause, cause float tank is it's like an enhanced meditation yeah exactly right we so I think I mean myself I'll speak for myself and then let Jen go but uh, I'm a serial meditation practice starter mm -hmm. and stopper right mm -hmm. I, I this is the time I'm going to meditate every single day for 30 uh -huh. days and and I just I have a personal problem it's a challenge for me to sit quietly in a chair or lay down quietly or um, do any sort of poses, um, heaven forbid. And um, so I, I just, I love the idea. I like thinking about meditation probably more than I like meditation. <laughs> and the float tank allows me to do that. It allows me to actually meditate. And that's what I try to tell people is it, it's almost forced meditation. You have that's nothing else. Just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really nice. And, and actually, again, back when we first discovered floating, uh, we both are very big advocates on massage, on, uh, you know, taking care of yourself. Um, and, you know, we're both physically active, we exercise. And I think we were just looking for a, 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 a deeper way to just reset our, our psyche yeah just a way to slow down in general um everything is always so busy 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 and yeah. and it just come to a head at some point with us and and when we i think i think you and i were talking about this the other day Solomon. Mm -hmm. and when we finally were able to stop like the first time you got in a float tank you realized that like, there was nothing happening uh that was amazing and uh, same thing that's uh, the only way i can come close to a meditation practice is to get in a float tank because yeah. I am just still constantly going and so I start realizing I'm too wound up and I go and jump in the float tank and everything comes back down for me it, it's it's such like an introduction or really like an initiation to to really what relaxation is because you know as like growing up you know at playing sports you know we have an off day but what do, what do we do for relaxation? You know, you sit on the couch, you watch television or you're on your phone, but really none of that stuff is, is conducive with relaxation. So it's like when you really, you know, go into a meditation or like we, like we were saying, a, a forced meditation in a positive sense, it's like, oh, that's what it means to relax. Yeah. Right. Well, and we were just talking about this last night, actually. Um, there's a difference too, just in the last, you know, very recent period since really the advent of smartphones, we, we really have no mental downtime during the day unless we proactively choose it. Yeah. If you think about, you know, just look around you as you're traveling outside. Every time somebody stops at a stoplight, they're typically picking up their phone. The first thing you do if you're waiting in line at a grocery store, you pick up your phone. And whether it may be, you know, maybe you're not surfing social media, maybe you're reading a book or you're, you know, doing something that to, to, to somebody might think they're being productive, 
But what that ha what happens is now from the time you woke up to the time you go to sleep, your brain is always processing something. You're mm -hmm. always doing something. There's no downtime or boredom for your brain. So when you schedule an hour and a half of absolute nothingness, then it, it lets your body and your mind rest a little bit. So I think that's a big secret to it. I think there's there's part of that secret sauce is just shutting off. All right. So we, we really just dove, dove right, right into a lot of it. Let's, uh, for people who have seen, like me, I, I post a lot when, especially when I go into the flow tank, I'm, I'm often filming myself, like opening the door and, you know, the lights turning off. Uh, and we've talked a lot about like floating, but let's, I want to go back to the basics. Like what is, what is floating? How, what's with the Epsom salt, sure. the, the container that is also just like, you know, it blocks out any kind of signal from getting in there. Yeah. So, so let me, uh, I would say back up just a hair on mm. what, how floating got started and what we thought was going to happen. This, this actually got started as a military experiment, uh, believe it or not, back in the fifties, it was a program that was trying to understand um, if you take away all sensory input from the human mind, what happens? And the theory, the hypothesis was um, you would shut down, that people couldn't handle it. it. And it was actually thought it was going to be a form of torture um, and, and be a, a, a really bad thing. Obviously, we know now it had the complete opposite effect, right? People came out of the experience saying, wow, I feel refreshed and feel awesome and feel great. Now, they were way different tanks back then. The idea was to submerge yourself in water. That was the best way they could, they could uh, normalize sensory input. So that's kind of where the water came from because the hardest thing to take away is gravity. You always feel gravity, right? And you have pinch points on your joints and something becomes achy and so they initially did it with regular salt, um, with, uh, you know, table salt or ocean salt. So nobody um, was floating. No, they were. They were. Yep. They would put a lot oh, of salt God. in and, and you would do it. But, you know, Epsom salt is not actual salt. It's just a mineral. We just yeah. call it a salt because it looks like it. When you, when you look at um, the sodium chloride salt, it, it's actually very abrasive. It, it will irritate your skin after a while. If you've been in the ocean for a while, you, you know this. It dehydrates you. You'll get pruny hands, things like that. If you've noticed after an hour and a half in a float tank, you have no pruny hands. You can float all night. You won't have pruny hands. It doesn't dehydrate your skin. Um, so they, they switch over to Epsom salt because it's, it's better for you. I mean, Epsom salt itself has really restorative properties on your skin, magnesium sulfate. Um, and it's just a cleaner... Uh, more hygienic um, substrate. So, so the idea is, and what we've evolved into, um, is there's typically about 10 inches of water in the tank. Now, um, if you look up a float tank online, you're going to see a lot of different variations. Uh, the most common is what they call a, um, like a, a pod. A pod that's like a kind of an eggshell that you know clams up and clams down, and you you crawl in. Um, the ones that you see behind me, and obviously you've seen the center Solomon, are cabins. And these are popular because they're really big. You can walk around inside of them. Um, we can float really big people. We floated, I think, six foot, six, six, six foot, eight, six, eight. 
um, but also we've floated some really big labs that have come in there. Um, and the, one of the reasons we picked it, um, the two biggest were mobility. So people people get a lot of benefit from floating when they're they have chronic pain or or joint injuries. And so we wanted to make it as easy as possible to get in and out of the tank. And some of the pods that you see on the market are, are quite difficult to crawl into. Um, and then the other thing is people are getting nervous. Uh, our most common question is what about, you know, what, what if I'm claustrophobic? claustrophobic yeah. And so typically when they see the big cabins that, that alleviates some of those fears. So, but, so back to what it is mechanically, um, it's specially constructed with uh, to be light proof and soundproof. The rooms themselves, when we built the center, we tore everything down to the studs and reconstructed those rooms, um, especially to be soundproof. Yeah. So those are um, a little over a foot thick walls with air gaps in between with insulation. Um, we've taken a lot of special precautions to make sure um, everything is, uh, is sealed with special acoustic dampening properties. Um, and then the tanks themselves are constructed like that. So the idea is you, you absolutely hear nothing. Um, matter of fact, typically the only thing you hear is your heartbeat, your breathing. Um, and uh, so you, that takes away the, the uh, hearing. Obviously, it's light proof. So, you know, when we, when we first opened, it was always a kick to me how many people came out. And that was the big takeaway was, wow, I, I've never been in darkness like that before. If you think about it, even in your bedroom at night, there's typically LEDs that are flashing somewhere. There's, there's light coming in from the moon that's shining through the window. You know, there's something. Um, but as you know, you cannot tell if your eyes are open or closed. It's a very unique experience in today's world. It even seems darker with eyes open. <laughs> it does. There's something psychological about it, right? Um, and then, of course, you've got the water. So you've got 10 inches of water. We uh, dissolve 1,200 pounds of Epsom salt in each tank, so it's super saturated. So you're very, very—it's a very dense water. Mm -hmm. Now it looks crystal clear, uh, but 1,200 pounds of Epsom salt makes that very dense. So you float like a cork. Uh, as soon as you lay back, you pop open, uh, pop up. And we've had people worry about floating, and you know, every everyone floats Everybody in these tanks. Uh, period. And then the last thing we do, so that takes care of the gravity. You kind of, and we have a very specific gravity that we that we keep it at. We check this every week, and we top off with salt and water. And it's a very specific um, gravity because you don't want to sink too low. Uh, obviously, you don't want to get it in your eyes. You don't want to float too high because then you'll you, you'll actually defeat the purpose of gravity because you'll you'll lay your your back will arch and yeah, you'll actually lay on top of the water instead of floating into the water. So it's a very very precise area that we keep it in. Wait, so you guys, you guys keep it at that. Like, how do you make sure somebody doesn't float to the top? We have, uh, well, we have devices that measure the specific gravity, and we keep an eye on that every week. We have a maintenance day on Tuesdays, and so we go in and do maintenance on the tanks and you know anything with the pumps, and we check the water because every time somebody gets out of the tank, they take a little salt with them. Right, because they have salt on their body, so take a little water with, them and they take well. a little water with them. So we're we're constantly topping up and, and making sure that mixes. I correct. was thinking about that today when I was floating. Like my thighs, like some parts of the the body aren't getting fully immersed in the water. Correct. Interesting. Yeah, and then the last thing, of course, is temperature. So we warm the the water to what we call skin receptor neutral. 
which is about 93 and a half degrees. There's a range there. Some people run a little bit hotter than others, of course. Um, but what we're trying to do is control the environment such that there is the absolute minimum amount of input that your brain has to come up with, right? That has to process. So when you, if you're in a perfect float, you should not feel any effects of gravity. There's no um, pinch points or hot spots on your joints. Your um, sense of temperature should normalize between what's above water and what's below water. Um, and of course, you shouldn't be hearing anything or seeing anything. So what happens to the, to the brain when it doesn't have anything to process, it actually goes into theta state and it and drops down into a very deep, relaxed um, state like when you're sleeping, except you're conscious. And a lot of people do fall asleep. Uh, a lot of people go in there and take a power nap for you know an hour, hour and a half. Um, but it, it's just a very restorative mode that you drop into very quickly once you once you become accustomed to all the mechanical things of just getting in and the water and how to float um, the more you practice you drop into a very meditative state and and then there's a couple of ways you can go from there of how to do your experience but that's the basics is you're just taking all of the inputs that we normally have to process once you take those away your body is able to just kind of take a sigh you mentioned a little bit about uh, brain waves, and I learned that that's really how meditation works is, is you're getting past the, the beta or getting beyond the beta level of the brain wave, beta into like alpha. But you mentioned theta. Now, does uh, alpha is really the kind of creative state, and theta is now, like you said, even more into that dreamy, sleepy mm -hmm. state. Now, does, does all of the benefit of like the sensory deprivation, the, the uh, the dark light, the Epsom salt, does that kind of, in a way, um, get even beyond like to the theta a little bit? Uh, well, I mean, you would, you would need some pretty good equipment to yeah. really answer it for sure. But anecdotally, yes, um, you, you're supposedly getting into theta state mind. Mm -hmm. Now they've done, there has been a lot of clinical research um, over the last few years um, where they've done active MRIs uh, before and then right after um, uh, float sessions. Um, there was a lot of, there was some pretty big studies going on and, and you can go online and I can share them with you if you wanna throw them in the notes. Um, there's some websites that have aggregated all the, the recent clinical studies on flotation. Um, uh, around um, people with anxiety disorders and PTSD, right? Like really um, uh, medically diagnosed anxiety disorders. Um, some that were super severe. These, these people had been on medications for a long time, et cetera. And this was done at, you know, in, in a, uh, uh, a medical facility. They built a float center essentially in a medical facility. So they could do an active MRI literally wheel somebody down the hall, have a float, and then wheel them back in and do another MRI. And that's about as close as we can get to real time until somebody figures out how to do an MRI during a float tank, uh, during a float session. But, but the, you know, all of the studies and all the tests and the various methods of measuring um, are all pretty conclusive that your brain calms way down. You become more absorbent to thoughts, to mm -hmm. ideas, which is one of the hallmarks of a theta state 
um, uh, type of experience. It's super learning. A lot of um, there's a lot of evidence, again, anecdotal, that uh, things that you do in the float tank can help. You can learn things a lot faster. So people listen to audiobooks. They um, listen to pre-recorded studies, pre-recorded meditations. Um, there's a lot of evidence around language learning. Uh, there's a, a, a really good book um, called Stealing Fire um, about uh, the U.S. military using float tanks as part of Navy SEAL training and as part of language studies, doing rapid language um, uh, indoctrination. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of, lot of good stuff. I mean, I think what, for me, what it boils down to is the calmer state of mind you're in, the more receptive and focused you can become on anything, on anything you put your mind to. I think you could even put, put like a hypnotherapy uh, kind of audio in there too. For like sure. When the, when the brain let waves are down, you're more suggestible and less, uh, um, less in your conscious think, thinking brain, which Correct. allows information to just come in. Yeah, and what, what, what I've grown to do is um, I have what I call passive and active floats. And it just depends on what my goal is going in and what my frame of mind is. When I, what I mean by that is when I have a passive float, I'm just tired, I'm wore out, I'm, I'm overstressed. I, I'm not gonna, I, I don't wanna count my breaths. I don't wanna meditate. I don't wanna do anything. I just wanna go in there and let my mind wander, yeah. right? Maybe fall asleep. I typically have a hard time falling asleep in a tank um, just because of the position, but just let my mind wander. When I do an active float, I'm usually going in with some sort of purpose. I have a problem I'm wrestling with. I've got some sort of creative challenge, um, or I just kind of want to sort my week out, you know, sort or reflect back on something. So I'll go in, do my normal routine, get settled, and then I begin my kind of mental checklist of what what am I working on? Mm -hmm. And it is fascinating how expansive your mind can become when just simply taking away sight and sound you know you can really delve into the inner mind and keep things in your head and um and work through problems very easily it's amazing yeah i i i found i find in my my experience especially recently perhaps because of the uh the number of times I've been doing it. And I was talking to, to Jennifer about this. Um, you know, often like the first floats, it is really relaxing, but a lot of like that deep experience, like we said, enhanced meditation also, and like even doing the passive floating, which pretty much is what I'll, I'll do because I'll in the morning do a, a guided meditation. Uh, so when I'm in the flow tank, I just like to, you know, be there in the silence. I just, I just listen to whatever wants to come to the surface. But with that, and anybody who understands a little bit of the process of transformation or change, when you've been, you know, let's say you have a certain habit or a limited behavior uh, or way of thinking about something, um, those thoughts are going to run and all the thoughts that are connected to that. And so with that, a lot of this tension rises. So like I was, uh, I would talk to Jennifer, like my wrist or my forearm sometimes would get like, in, like super intense, like my, like, 
like it's supposed to be sensory deprivation like you're like beyond that and it's yeah. like there's no feeling you know in my chest or my low my my torso but like the the forearms and the fingers are like gripping up onto something yeah yeah so do you have any uh experience with with people coming in and, and talking about that how do you explain that that whole process because it really does like bring everything to the surface well it's interesting you say that years ago um we were at at a comp at a float conference talking to some of the original doctors that were working on this back in the in the 70s and 80s and um one of them and i forget who said it but one of them had even mentioned that they didn't like the term sensory deprivation mm -hmm. that they actually preferred sensory enhancement because it, while yes, you are taking away sensory input, it allows the mind to now become aware of things that it's not normally aware of. So there's something called uh, interoception as well. So interoception is basically um, your ability to feel internally what your body is doing. Are you hungry? Is your bladder full? Are your lungs fully inflated or are, they, are you taking shallow breaths? And normally during the day, while we're doing something, again, we're processing so many things at, so, at one time. How many times do you really are aware of your heartbeat, right? Well, your heart's beating 24 seven, but how many times are you really aware of it? So when you get in the tank, I guarantee you, you will be aware of your heartbeat. I mean, you can feel it rippling the water sometimes, right? Um, so what happens if you think about um, you know, if, if, if anyone in, in TV or works on this, you know, you look at an oscilloscope and you see like a lot of the peaks and valleys and things of like noise on a digital screen, right? Well, think about a float tank lowering all of that. You lower the entire, um, the entire spectrum of ups and downs that your body's having to process. And once you get down to a certain base level, well, that's where now some of the top peaks are your heartbeat is your internal digestive system um, and also things that are maybe afflicting you. So, so people will come out and say, hey, you know, my my ankle's a little sore now because they were focused on their ankle and they twisted it two weeks ago. Or mm -hmm. some people come out and say, hey, my neck's a little tight. Well, it's because you are very aware your neck was tight going in but now you've dampened everything else down to where you can really focus on that. And that's a good thing. Your body now can really focus on, on what, what's going on there. So I think what you're describing is that it's that tendency of when we're reading some, we're reading a good book and it gets to a really, you know, intense part, your, your shoulders will start bunching up or your, you start tightening and tensing your breathing when you're watching a, a thriller movie that kind of stuff you don't notice during normal days but when you're in a float tank and you may be thinking about something that is uh, maybe challenging or it has some sort of visceral effect on you yeah. it might express itself in physical sensation so that might be something you think you're you're uh, experiencing yeah especially when it's some type of like a trauma or something somebody of course yeah yeah and you know like i said a lot of the the medical, the latest medical studies have been focused really on people with hyper anxiety and hypervigilance, like really um, heavy levels of depression, um, things like that. And it's it's 
worked really well. The other thing that it's actually um, being uh, uh, that's we're seeing a lot of great benefits for is PTSD um, with people that have gone through traumatic um, episodes in their life, either um, personally or obviously a lot of military. Right? We have a ton of military, um, unfortunately, that is really suffers very heavily from PTSD. And one of the things that that uh, one of the reasons this is working so well for those people is the float tank. It, it's think of it as a muscle memory almost. When you are in that float tank, your body is so relaxed that your mind is forced to relax with it. There is a there is a very well studied, well documented correlation that if you relax the body, your mind almost cannot be in a frenzied, yeah. panic state of mind. It it pulls it down with it. Yeah. And so what this does is allows. In some cases, over time, not every, you know, it's not a magic pill, but um, it allows your your um, your memory to remember that state of mind in the tank and take that outside with you. So, and I, I would challenge you to do this since yeah. you're you've been floating back to back to back quite a bit. Once you get comfortable in that space, when you're out in the real world, when you're traveling in a plane or you're at a stoplight or anything and you feel a little stressed out, take a second, take a deep breath, close your eyes and remember the last time you floated. Remember that stillness, that peacefulness and your body remembers that, your body will calm down. And so that's what's helping a lot of these people when they start having panic attacks due to PTSD, it helps them. Now they have a frame of reference of a place that they did not have any sort of negative inputs to, which is the float tank. So. They can remember that safe space, so to speak. Yeah, I I I like what you said about uh, when the body is in such a, a state of relaxation, the body, uh, the mind is almost like forced to go into that. Because I, I learned, like we were a little bit with the the uh, brain waves, that you know, inform you can only take in and receive information that's equal to your state of being. And we know about, we've learned, and it's a whole other conversation about the mind-body connection and the, the, as well as the body-mind connection. But, you know, all that we've been discussing is that it just really gets the whole body, including mm -hmm. the brain, into that, that state. Wow. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, there's a, a lot more to, to, to discuss and to learn and to continue to learn as more research comes out. But um, what... Uh, how do you encourage, like, what, what could somebody come in with? Like, we, we mentioned different things like PTSD, depression, I know performance enhancement. We touched a little bit about the, like passive floating and uh, active floating. Uh, how would you encourage somebody also to, to give it a try? Because it can also be quite intimidating to, to sure. go into a, a dark room and to float. So I think, you know, first of all, um, find a float center near you and, um, and just go check it out. I've never run across a float center um, or a float center owner that isn't super happy to show you around, to show you how it works. You know, it's not a mysterious, you've got to pay $5 to see behind the curtain. <laughs> um, and I've, I, we have, you know, we've been um, really fortunate to be able to travel a lot. Uh, we've traveled all over the world. And since we got into floating, we now float everywhere. So I've floated in Europe, we floated in, in New Zealand and Australia, and, and of course, all over Middle the East. US, yeah. Middle East. Yeah, we floated in Dubai. 
uh, not too long ago. And um, so we, there's a there's a wide variety of, of um, ways to go about you know your float center. So I would say just find one near you, go in, check it out, see what kind of equipment they have, see you know the the uh, the float attendant will walk you through everything, and alleviate some of that just fear of the unknown. That's the first thing to get over. The second thing I'll, I'll tell people is you don't have to have anxiety. You don't have to have PTSD. You don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to have an injury. Just go to, um, to check out, you know, have, have you um, run into too many people this week? Have you answered too many video calls this week? Have you yeah. been on the phone too much? All, all of us have this issue. There's not anyone um, that I know of in daily life these days that doesn't need to unplug a little bit. So I guarantee you, you need to do this. Um, and, and what I'll leave you with um, for the intro people is we have a very um, heavy recommendation to float three times. Float three times before you make any sort of assessment, positive or negative about it. And the reason I say that is the first time you get into this, this experience, this float tank, it is a novel experience. You have never been in a in a situation like this since you left the womb, right? Mm -hmm. So it, a lot of people, their first float is a lot of experimenting. It's a lot of discovery. It's figuring out how do you want to position your hands? Do I want to leave my eyes open or do I want to close my eyes? And, you know, you're bumping against the walls and should I move my feet and whatever, you know, there's a lot of experiential yeah. things that are happening, not a lot of calm floating. So you know, I say like the first hour that you float, you're really getting about 25 to 30 minutes of real floating, right? Mm -hmm. And when you leave, come back soon. We don't want you to wait three months to come back for your second float because it will almost turn into a novel experience again. So mm -hmm. I would, you know, a, a good recommendation would be like once a week for three weeks. And then by the third float, now you're familiar with the process. All of that is mundane to you. You're, you're, you know how you like to float. Do you like to float with your arms above your head or behind your back or down by your sides? Um, you can experiment with, do you like floating in the morning or in the evening at the end of the day? I personally do not like floating in the evening. I like floating mid-morning or early morning. Um, so you'll learn that about yourself. Then you can have a little bit more understanding of how you want to proceed. Do I want to float once a month? Um, do I want to float once a week? Do I want to float like Solomon and go go every day? You hey, know? I just had to take advantage of the uh, the summer deal that you guys had. Oh, that's right. that's exactly why we did it. So, <laughs> so I would just say don't, um, because it's such a new experience, if you've never floated, try not to, even if you loved it, try not to make a judgment after the first float, you want to float a few times. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and I do want to point out that, you know, we're talking about the extremes of people. Like, again, if you look at professional sports, every professional sports team now is very vocal about having flotation in their training regime and in their, their visualization paradigm, because it's, it's proven successful. You know, there's tons of athletes that speak out for it. Um, and just muscle recovery and, and physical ailment recovery. We have a lot of people that come in with, um, you know, chronic pain, chronic back issues, chronic neck issues, and they come out and they can move a little bit better. But again, just as a, as a preventative, healthy, I just want to, I just want to take us, take a breath, 
Just disconnecting, yeah. Just disconnect, yeah. So don't think you have to have something wrong. Mm -hmm. This is about relaxation and, and checking out a little bit. Amazing. Well, Mark and Jennifer, it's been a pleasure getting to know you guys uh, yeah. by coming into the, to the shop. I hope to meet you, Mark, in person soon enough. Absolutely. We'll make it happen. But uh, how can people, uh, if they're interested, check out more about the Infinity Float Center and about float tanks and uh, come in and check you guys out? So the easiest way is our website, infinityfloat.com. Um, that has all the information about our center. You can see video walkthroughs of our tanks and how everything works. Um, you can give us a call um, uh, directly to the store at 281-486-1864. Um, and then we're on all the socials. So, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, we're always posting different things. A lot of our clients post things like yourself. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, the easiest way is the, the website is kind of the net, the, the uh, hub of everything and gives you all the information yeah and you guys also offered massages and one time i did a, a massage acupuncture and float <laughs> yeah yeah we do massage and acupuncture on site as well and yeah if you really want to uh come out like a like a loose noodle get, get all three done and you'll you'll have a good day <laughs> it also made like we were talking earlier it made my mind so active after all of that relaxation i like couldn't <laughs> it was just like everything just took, came to the surface right yeah yeah i'd love i'd love to see a uh like either a cold pool or a cryotherapy tank in there right after a float yep yeah. there's that'll like wake you up after the relaxation so the modalities that are most common are massage that's typically uh, goes hand in hand but there are a few float centers that have cold dip pools mm -hmm. and um saunas so mm -hmm. you go back and forth between a cold dip Perfect. pool and sauna and then yeah. you do a float yeah it'd yeah. be amazing i haven't done that yet but it'd be amazing that's part of the that's part of my vision i want to create that that space as well you go into a float you get out get in that dip in that cold pool and now you're ready for the whole day yeah, yeah. a nice cup of coffee and yeah you can do anything yeah awesome yeah. well guys thank you so much uh for coming on uh looking forward to talking again soon anytime yeah. thank Thanks, you solomon, solomon. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I hope this episode brought you some really great value. If you enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor podcast. I'm always looking out for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, please check out SolomonEzra.com. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A. That's where you can si also sign up for newsletters, read about blogs, and hear my different podcasts. Take care.